spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 123rd annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. We got a little bit of that Arizona thunderstorms that we've been ah. hearing so much about. It was a uh, it it was really interesting. Now this is probably boring to everybody, but I so I I've been opening. Uh, at work all week so that means I go in pretty early and when I left my house in the morning it was pitch black right way longer than it should have been and then I felt like the clouds were like way higher than they normally are you ever seen anything like that yeah we uh well we get kind of the clouds coming off of the mountains here so Ah. we get some we get some pretty weird clouds actually I was kind of thinking it's a lot like Minnesota out the past couple of days, because all that rain we had, we have been having an infestation, not of Wisconsinites, of mosquitoes. <laughs> it's been fucking terrible with the oh, mosquitoes. Man. Dude, you ain't lying. So I, the place I live now, I've discovered that there's a few walking paths, and I've been mm-hmm. trying to get back into like the daily few mile walk or whatever, and there's ponds nearby, and yeah. when I came through the woods, I was getting bitten by fucking mosquitoes because that's kind of where they harbor is in those little water pools. Yeah. And Minnesota has mosquitoes the size of fucking softballs. Yeah. So it's they're pretty, annoying. Yeah. They're they, terrible. All right. I need to ask you, Phil, how is the Arizona Cardinals hype train? Because I saw a little bit of the game last week. Kyler was getting sacked quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a great quarterback. But apparently we don't have a great offensive line. A little bit worried about it. Hopefully they can bring their shit together. I mean, he does have some great targets. The problem is if he's getting put on his ass, you know, after two seconds, it's kind of hard to like immediately after he snaps the ball, he's basically having to run to the <laughs> left or the right. So it's hard to get it to our, you know, our guys down the fucking road if he's getting <laughs> get, getting torn apart. So I did see the uh, Larry Fitzgerald quote. In which he was basically saying, like, he has zero desire to play football. Yeah, it's kind of hard because, I mean, he's in the twilight of his career. He's still got a lot to offer. The problem is it's not so much on the field anymore, especially after we picked up, you know, A.J. Green. We got Rondell Moore in the draft. Uh, I mean, D-Hop is here. It's That's one, two, three right there. And we also have Christian Kirk a guy who's really good, you know, from a couple years ago we drafted. So that that wide receiver room is getting a little bit stacked. So it's kind of right. kind of a shitty situation, but he really doesn't seem to want to play anyway. So, yeah, I mean, if you I think for football, the second you don't have a passion for it, then you just you're not going to do well because you have to literally devote your entire fucking life to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, just listen to one episode of Crime and Sports and you'll see how quickly that shit can 
you know, go south. Once you, you know, once you make your career about something else besides the the game, then, you know, you're on your way out. So could you imagine getting up early in the morning just to watch literally football film for hours on end? Yeah. Or to be one of those quarterbacks, you know, one of the elite guys, you know, like all you see is the end product on the field. You don't see them like not going out partying with their teammates, you know, them just going home after watching game film all day, practice all day. They go home and watch game film. The guys like, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, all those dudes. I couldn't I couldn't fucking imagine it. I know that that one where they covered uh, O.J. Simpson. We look, we all know he's a murderer, right? Um where they gave him... Oh, allegedly. Okay, allegedly. Where there were <laughs> stories kidding. of that man doing as much coke as Carrie Fisher and still getting up to play football the next day. Yeah. Let's just say, that's impressive. Definitely. Beast mode. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of uh, things that resemble Carrie Fisher's cocaine addiction, <laughs> do you want to uh, lead us into this episode this week, Phil? Yeah, let's go for it. So, Cody, for my episode this week, I wanted to maybe throttle back a bit and touch on something maybe a little bit more on the spooky side, uh, especially after the two weeks that we just did talking about Tricky Dick and his many wacky shenanigans. So, therefore, this week, we are going to be traveling to the sleepy and very insignificant state of Kansas. Well, first off, go Jayhawks. Second off, you... (laughs) You are not known for being the spooky one, so I think this will be pretty pretty good for everybody. Yeah, I'm normally the uh, the history slash war slash uh, odd things that don't have anything to do with conspiracy, so I figured I'd change it up a little bit. You know, I love spooky. There's also another thing I wanted to bring up about Tricky Dick. So I was watching last week tonight with John Oliver or whatever, and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> He had like a quote from Biden, something about, God, what did he say? It was about leaving Afghanistan, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And how it, how it wouldn't be like leaving Saigon. Well, he was like, oh, uh, Nixon and Kissinger did it without anybody remembering. We can do it, too. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> come on. You don't want to be quoting that guy. Yeah, exactly. No, people remember. People remember that, and people are going to remember this too. So it's pretty, yeah. pretty embarrassing, pretty shitty. I, I so. just want to say, uh, man, I feel so bad for all the women and women's activists that were working really hard over there because now apparently the Taliban has like a uh, kill on sight thing out for yes. them right now. It's re- it's so tragic. It's so sad. Also, with the Afghanistan. Well, the Afghanistanis who were helping out the Americans, uh, they're also, you know, in pretty big danger, too. So they're in a bad way. The the whole scenario is just tra- yeah. so terrible. Basically, anyone in Afghanistan who's not a piece of shit is in a lot of fucking trouble right now. So uh, damn you, Bush. Yeah. Anyway, continue <laughs> on here. Everyone forgets about Bush. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, this is allegedly the most haunted town in America, which actually has had its residents seemingly turn in to this moniker, even hosting paranormal enthusiasts and investigators offering eyewitness accounts and even a trolley tour of the town's many haunted locations, uh, which 
really turn this sleepy little village into a haunted Roswell of sorts. Do you think they even let in uh, John Edwards? They might let in John Edwards. Okay. All right. Yeah. World-renowned psychic. Psychic yeah. medium, John Edwards. John Edwards. Totally, totally a legit character, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, this town, located on the banks of the Missouri River, is Atkinson, Kansas. Uh, this was once a stop for enterprising men on their way out west to find riches in the California gold rush. It's now becoming known for its many haunted locations. Now, this town does have many, many right places for paranormal sightseers. But today, we are going to be discussing what has become the most famous one of all. The one that really kicked off the town becoming a paranormal destination and alleged haunting hotspot. This house, haunted by as few as two very active spirits, one of which a sweetheart of a little girl who tragically died at a very young age, and an older woman who comes off a little bit more on the bitter side. Uh, also, if you can believe the former renters, possibly a demon who uses the two spirits as a spectral shield to play its evil games. Okay, so, so what they're saying is... There might actually be three spirits, just a little girl, an old, a bitter old lady, and then a demon who, those are like his vanguards. Well, his I don't user. know if you could call a demon a spirit. It's more of a, um, like an evil force, I guess you would, you know, kind of think of it. But yeah, uh, basically he uses them as a front, kind of like the, the whole, it's imagine if the devil was using Casper the Friendly Ghost to you know further its means well i thought you were gonna say like the demon is michael jordan scotty pippen and dennis rodman <laughs> are his pr his protectors kind of thing no like, the coach was the demon okay. and uh michael jordan <laughs> was the friendly you know the friendly ghost and so was pippen so uh okay i don't know friendly's kind of a uh generous word for him <laughs> But yeah. okay, he, he might be friendly to you. Just uh, just don't intimidate him, or you know, try to gamble with him. Okay, well, and if, and if you do gamble with him, don't win. Right, right. Let Lose him and win. walk away. Now, uh, this is. I think this is pretty common. They say Pete. Some people believe demons dwell or hide or control other supposedly friendly spirits. So I guess if it's the time or if it's the uh, legend. That some people uh, buy into. Yes. Yeah. So towards the end of this episode, I'm going to kind of give my thoughts on what this possibly could be. And it's going to kind of go into a really popular uh, movie that uh, kind of, I feel like, really connects to what this might be. So. Okay. All right. I hope it's now, uh, uh, Venus Mantrap. That's what I hope it is. <laughs> shit. You figured it out. Yeah. yeah all right. No, it's Venus Man, <laughs> Venus Guy Trap. Definitely. Yeah, patreon.com slash subliminal deception. So in 1994, a popular television show named Sightings came to investigate an alleged haunting of a small Midwestern family whom they believed had the ghost of a young girl haunting their home. The show had heard of the family story from a psychic named Barbara who had been working with the family for some time after being introduced through mutual acquaintances. Okay, now sightings, I feel like I have watched sightings before. I don't know if it was about this particular house. I actually would be interesting if you, are you kind of talking about uh, what they 
saw on the show or just like how the the house got popular? Oh, so sightings really made the house popular. Okay. Made the family popular. Made the family kind of famous in the paranormal, like the ghost world. Um, it was a very popular show back in the early '90s, kind of like a precursor to a lot of your famous shows right now. Like a lot of the Destination America, a lot of the you know the ghost uh, paranormal investigator shows, kind of all came from this show uh, or okay. shows like this one. I mean, they're much more common now. Back then, barely any of these shows existed. Maybe Unsolved Mysteries, but they only had a few, you know, they didn't, it wasn't all just, you know, paranormal stuff. It was missing people stuff too. We were still in the like Friends Seinfeld era. They weren't quite ready for the the ghost shit 24 hours a day. But I think I have watched sightings a few times. Yeah, I I know I have... um, from like watching, like oh, I watched basically all four of these episodes that had to do with this house. I know I've seen uh, the host and some of the like people, reporter people that they've had on the show. So from other right. episodes, uh, maybe where did you watch it on? YouTube. YouTube. Okay, there you go. Just what yeah, you-, you can see you can see the episodes on YouTube for this. There you go, guys. Check it out on there if you need. Now this was before the town of Atkinson had fully embraced its most haunted town in America moniker. And as you can imagine, the couple didn't want their identities to be disclosed, asking to be given fake names, going by Jeff, Pamela, and baby Donnie. A crew from the television show would come to the family's home and start shooting, but would not disclose where the family's home was located, only calling it in the heartland. Okay, generic Midwestern term there all right did it since they were all fake they didn't want their image or their identity was it like a gangland thing like on the show it was for okay so the man who in the show went by the name jeff he actually i'm gonna i'm gonna mention that here in a second he actually did kind of have like the whole you know um hidden person treatment <laughs> uh you know witness protection program you know his voice was altered a little bit they they obscured his face that kind of stuff i so. hope it did that little scream that they did ah. on ah. <laughs> no they didn't but it'd be great if they did <laughs> now because he didn't want to face ridicule from his large family in town or from friends or neighbors the husband whose real name was tony pickman asked that his face not be shown and that he only be interviewed in silhouette. However, during the camera crew's interview with his wife, whose real name was Deborah Pickman, Tony is actually allegedly attacked by the spirit that is inside of the house. This is all while holding his baby uh, behind the camera crew, uh, definitely off camera. Okay, so you can't really see him being attacked. No, you do not see the initial attack. Okay, I'm guessing the cast and crew kind of validate him being attacked oh immediately yeah so all right yeah definitely so tony whose left arm was now forming large bloody scratches had immediately gotten the attention of the camera crew that was taping his wife Uh, upon investigating the scratches the camera crew noticed that there was a large cold spot that was right next to where Tony and his baby were sitting in a rocking chair. Uh, the baby's actual name was Taylor. They were sitting in what is the kind of like living area, living room. And 
at this point, though, you might think it might be like the AC, the air conditioner, but for audio purposes, just like we do, they turn the AC off. So it couldn't have been the AC. Okay. You know what, Phil? I, I actually kind of think I have seen this before. Um, this sounds very familiar. Yeah, I mean, with all of the paranormal investigation shows that you watch, I wouldn't doubt if you had seen it or come across it, at least. Oh, man, when I when I was recovering from my car crash, mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything. I literally was watching <laughs> ghost shit like all day, every day for like months. Yeah, watching all of the uh, the Sasquatch porn. Oh, yeah. Listening to all those audiobooks. <laughs> so later on, during Tony's incognito interview... He actually claimed that the spirit in the house was right next to him. And suddenly, on camera, he would actually take a very deep breath, becoming suddenly frozen momentarily. Tony would then pull up his shirt and reveal that he had new scratches beginning to form on his chest and abdomen. This actually caused the interview to stop, and the camera crew just kind of trained their cameras on Tony's abdomen. Okay. Did he have a six pack? Yes, he actually he actually Ooh, did. You know, okay. he wasn't a, he wasn't a fat guy. So, all right. Could this be yeah. a ghost? He was cat? He, he was camera ready. So, could this be a ghost cat? Possibly, okay. it might be a ghost cat. Okay, or a very fast real cat <laughs> could be one of those two. They both they exist. Assholes. They both exist. I they promise both exist. God, thank God, I've never come across a ghost cat. I just move. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even try to get it fucking expunged from my house. I just move. I was going to say, can you imagine like you're laying in bed and there's just a ghost cat making biscuits on you? Like you can't even (laughs) see it and you can't stop it. It's just making biscuits. Just kneading on your fucking thigh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. I literally, it's funny because literally this morning I woke up to my cat doing that on me and I'm just like, dude, it is way too early for you to be doing this right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's why you got to. Not let your cat sleep in your room. (laughs) So later on, Tony would again lift his shirt for the camera crew, claiming that he was actually once again being attacked by the spirit uh, while on camera. So basically, the scratches that had formed on him during his interview were now beginning to become large, bloody welts. And this was happening like while the camera was trained on his abdomen. Tony would be scratched many more times during the filming of this show uh, while the camera crews were on site. He had many bloody scratches and welts that were just kind of forming all over his body. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. Honestly, terrifying. If, uh, if everything's real and he's experiencing that, that's, I mean, there's something injuring you that you can't see. They did have a paranormal investigator on site for this interview and he was just kind of like watching these scratches form. And he was also, you know, taking readings, doing all the doing all the scientific shit. But he was saying it was like one of the craziest experiences he's ever had with a paranormal. Yeah. So Yeah, that would scare the shit out of anybody, I think. Definitely. So also during the filming, there was evidence showing that a flower that was in the kitchen window had had its petals charred, all while the wife, Deborah, was describing how a stuffed animal had actually smoldered and briefly started on fire. Now, besides attacking different men who entered the house, the ghosts or ghosts also like to set small fires. And there's many different stories of like curtains starting on fire, 
pens, just little objects, just kind of randomly either smoldering or like bursting into flames. Yeah, that that's unsettling. That's the word I would Definitely. use for that. Uh, nothing more terrifying than having to worry about something catching on fire. I, like, honestly, if you were sleeping and, like, something's just starting fires, yes, terrifying. You can imagine, if you have an appliance that was made in America in the last 10 years, you have to worry about fires all yeah. the time. Yeah. So, definitely. I have a I have a coffee maker that was made in America, Ooh. and I watch it the entire time, and I unplug that bitch. So, don't worry. Okay, fine. all right. Safety first. Definitely. Now, the show would send camera crews to the house on later occasions, showing up a total of four times, with other paranormal investigators and psychics coming along to see this a supposedly haunted house. One psychic, Peter James, who claimed to have been able to see ghosts ever since he was a child, even claimed to have seen an image of the little girl in the window before he had ever even entered the house. This was as he was coming up to the front door. Now, the narrator would then claim that Peter knew nothing of the family, the home, or the haunting. Though this was after the first episode had already aired. So like he could have been either tipped off or possibly seen the episode or at least heard about it. You got to think he is in the industry of paranormal. Yeah, I honestly, when I hear people say that, especially like people are claiming to have uh, like psychics, mediums, I tend to be real hesitant because that information's readily available to everybody. Yes. And you got to think, you know, I mean, if you were tasked to do some job, you would, you know, want to know about what, you know, what the job pertains to. So if, if you were going to come on a TV show, you wouldn't want to be made a fool of and claim that it's an old woman or claim that it's a civil war ghost or something like that. You would want, you know, you'd want to know. So I do worry about that. So I just, I did put a picture of the, the psychic up. Uh, down below this paragraph. I just wanted you to take a look at him. Tell okay. me what you think. So he's either that guy who reviews films. Um, yes. I can't think of that guy's name. Or he's that guy who smashes watermelons. Um, ah, Gallagher. Gallagher, right? That's kind of, He kind of looks like a mixture between those. Yeah, he does look like an out-of-work homeless magician. That's <laughs> what I first thought when I saw him. Who's- That's actually a good picture of him. He doesn't exactly look quite camera ready, like while he's, you know, filming for this who, show. So it's kind of funny. Who's that movie reviewer and he has like a gun, doesn't he? And he shoots it and it says like a, if it's good or bad. I can't. Oh, now I don't know who you're talking about. Okay. Um, now it's not important. We're going to get an email okay. about it. Yeah. Somebody will tell us. So when inside the home, Peter claimed to have seen the little girl at the top of the stairs and would actually begin communicating with her. Now this is when he came up with the name of the ghost of the little girl. While upstairs, Peter tries to confront the spirit, which actually won't allow him to go into a bedroom. This is when suddenly, Tony feels a rush of cold air move past him, and a stinging on his back. Now when Deborah pulls up Tony's shirt, the initials MC are scratched into his back, and it is definitely an M and a C. Like okay. very vividly scratched in very well. Michael Caine. Possibly. <laughs> Is that that or actor's he, name? Or he could have been a master of ceremonies and just not gotten his little right. rap name out at the right. end. Right. Um, yes. Run DMC, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they forgot their run. <laughs> yeah. 
So after the camera crews would weave for good, you would think that all of the excitement inside of the house would have calmed down for the family. And it, it did. But only regards to the living world. Though, as for the paranormal situation in the family's over 120-year-old home, that was really just heating up. And the family would eventually have to flee that haunted house, fleeing for their lives, really, as the darkness inside the home was not content with mere physical attacks any longer, opting to go after the psyche of the Pikmins. Okay, so the, the ghosts are basically ethereal versions of Chris Angel now. He, they're, he's attacking their psyche. They're fucking them up mentally. So what is this? What does a yes. mental attack look yes. like? Much like the Vikings quarterback. They're okay. attacking the psyche of the fans. <laughs> yes. No, he's definitely not. The only thing yeah. he's... <laughs> I can't get over... Uh, people online started referring to him as like Kirk Cousins, but... <laughs> They changed the K and the C with a fucking Q because <laughs> he's an anti-vaxxer. Gotcha. And he's done his like own Q research. Yeah, he's done his own research. I was okay. wondering where you were going with that. So, yeah, I'll get into it like okay. quite a bit later. But, I mean, the invasion of dreams, uh, there was really like voices uh, that the husband was hearing all over the house, kind of like driving him crazy. All right. Well, I guess that answers what the... Psyche attack on the Pikminses. Thank you, Phil. All right. So now, really to get to the full story about the Pikmins and their haunted home, we have to go back to the beginning of the family's experience with the spirit or spirits inside their former house. The ghosts of the little girl that is said to still occupy the house in Kansas to this day. Uh, potentially also a spirit which has been nicknamed Mama. Eventually, that little girl would lend her name to the site, uh, which is now known as the Sally House. Now, have you ever heard of the Sally House before? Okay, now I know why uh, this is so familiar to me. I have seen quite a bit about the Sally House. Yeah, I kind of figured you would. It's a, um, I would say it's a mid-level famous haunting. Uh, yeah. It actually, there's a shit ton of stuff about it on the internet, so... One of the uh, greatest sources I've seen. Now I don't I I don't know if they're actually interviewing Tony and the other girl, but uh, they on Paranormal Witness they did a full episode about some couple's experience in this house. I don't remember if it was Tony and Deborah, but it was uh, it was very good. Probably. I mean, there are families that had lived in this house before. Not many families had made it very long. Okay. living here but yeah so deborah has done a lot of interviews uh, i guess tony also has but not as many as deborah she's kind of been like the figurehead they also have written a book about their time in the sally house okay all right now to I, you can answer this does tony look like um he tans way too much yes well okay. this so most of the stuff i've seen was uh from the early 90s and kind of like the early 2000s uh, of them talking about it. But yes, it did look like he was getting quite a bit, like progressively more tan as the interviews got like when he was older and older. So Okay, yeah, that that's what I remember the guy. He's very weirdly tanned and she kind of looks like she hasn't realized that haircuts have evolved past the 80s. 
Um, yes, you are correct. That is her. Okay. Uh, she looks like a aspiring Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. There you go. Nailed it. All right. Yeah, I know Definitely. who these two are then. Yep. Okay. So the residence in question at 508 North 2nd Street in Atkinson, Kansas, was built just after the Civil War in the early 1870s and was known around town to be haunted before. In 1992, a newly married couple, Tony and Deborah Pickman, moved into the old house as they needed to rent a larger home because the newlyweds were actually expecting their first baby. Okay, yeah, all makes sense. Um, Maybe, I don't want to judge anybody because we know the housing market gets a little crazy, but judging from your picture here, Phil, (laughs) <laughs> I might say list it, not love it, okay? If this is love or list it, get me out of yeah. here. So I think that this is a, a recent photo. Okay. And no one's lived in the, I'm going to mention it way at the end of this, but no one's lived in it for quite some time. Uh, and I think that they might actually be going for this look for the home. Because ah, it is host to many tours. The derelict look. Yes. Class yeah, derelict. Derelict. Yeah. <laughs> derelict. Now, the newlywed couple uh, was really happy with the old home that they had just moved into. Like I said, they had a new baby coming, and this baby would have plenty of room, uh, even its own room for a nursery. They really kind of just found the perfect place. This had three bedrooms upstairs. They even started decorating right away for the nursery before the baby showed up. Uh, However, one member of the family, their dog Sasha, did not like the new nursery at all. And would stand in the doorway and bark at the room. At the time, Tony and Debbie actually thought that the smell of the former family's pets might be still lingering inside the room. And that could be what was upsetting the dog so much. No, I think old Sasha is basically the canine version of John Edwards. This dog can detect there is not good shit in that room. Definitely. It deserves its own TV show. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird when I saw that. We actually, my family actually had a dog named Sasha that we got around this time. Uh, We got it when I was around seven years old, so. Okay. Uh, Yeah, can you imagine, like, they're on Mari or, like, Ricky Lake, and, like, we're bringing in an expert today, and it's just (laughs) fucking this dog, and it just barks at people like, oh, my God, yes, this is my father. How would you know? (laughs) (laughs) The dog can tell when you're possessed by a demon <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or when you have a hot dog in your pocket. It can only tell two things. <laughs> so after the couple moved in, strange things began happening around the house, though they were just kind of little things. Uh, it all started with light bulbs flickering, uh, actually also dimming and turning on and off by themselves. Uh, cordless phones would actually go dead and then work all of a sudden. Also, they had one of those kind of old-fashioned oven timers. It would actually turn itself on and start buzzing at them when no one had touched it. Though really the strangest things would begin happening after baby Taylor was born in June of 1993. Okay. I'm just going to say, if the, if the house looked like that and the light bulbs didn't flicker, then I really would think something is wrong because... something, Yeah. Something's fucked up with the house if everything works fine in a 120-year-old <laughs> yeah. house. Definitely. D- dude, I remember um, this was, I don't know if it was a house that you ever kind of went to, but it was a place where the kids used to kind of hang out back in high school, and it was really old. 
and I only went there one time, and people were kind of saying it was creepy, and like the lights would flicker and shit. And yeah. I remember we were driving by it to see if anybody was home, and like the fuck, you could see the lights flickering while we were driving by it. So it was, but like nobody was home. So I don't know if that was a really old house just doing that, or if it was like something else. But it it was creepy. Yeah, reminds me of that time that I went and helped your family clean out that house that your grandma was selling to the Amish and how creepy the inside of that house was. The one that had like holes in the wall from when they used to like aim their guns out to shoot at Native Americans. Yeah, that one. Yep. Uh, That was an old fucking house. Yep. They actually are not. She did not sell that to the Amish. Uh, They were kind of trying to restore it. Apparently, Mm -hmm. my aunt is trying to do a full restoration of the house right now so that'll be in our interesting are those the uh, the real estate tycoons no 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 no, no. Oh, okay nope nope somebody else uh yeah apparently yeah they're planning on i don't know living there maybe i don't know Ugh. yeah all right a little scary a <laughs> little spooky uh but to each their own yeah i don't really believe that much in ghosts but i wouldn't fucking live there it's... <laughs> Now, the new baby Taylor had always had trouble sleeping inside the home. And Debbie and Tony kind of began like feeling also some cold spots forming in the house when they would walk through the many rooms and hallways. Uh, One day, when Tony was walking down the stairs, he had noticed that a picture had been turned 180 degrees upside down. Also, one day when he was cleaning... Uh, The vacuum cleaner that he was using began shutting off whenever he would come near the nursery. Uh, The cord also would be ripped out of the outlet, even though there was still plenty of slack left on the line. That's why you don't cheap out. You always go for a Dyson or a a shark. Shark is very good. I I like sharks a lot. Yeah, I've got the shark and uh, I'm very happy with it. Gets under all the furniture. Just going to say, God, that would be fucking annoying. Like, unplugging it constantly when you're trying to vacuum? Yeah, I'd be fucking pissed off. I'd, ghost or not, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm, not a, a, I'm not a fan of shit not working for me. You're a proud owner of a Roomba. Um, what if the ghost is, like, flipping that thing over constantly? Oh, fucking with it? There might be a ghost. I think <laughs> there might be a ghost living in that machine, honestly. Oh. You come, home from, you come home from work, and that thing is in crazy locations. Sometimes you're just wondering where, how the fuck that thing got where it is. Well, everybody thinks Bill Gates put the microchips in the vaccine. Well, actually, he's probably rigged all of our robotic technology to kill us one day. So if Phil dies from a right now, if if Phil dies from a wild Roomba attack, we'll know (laughs) who's to blame. Yeah, everybody with a Roomba in their house is going to get killed all at once by him. (laughs) Now, after Baby Taylor had been brought home. Deborah's sister, Karen, would actually come over for an extended stay, staying really just a week to help out, which was of great help for the young couple. After they had all come home from a day out, Tony would bring the baby's bag upstairs, though when he passed by the nursery, he had noticed that all of the baby's stuffed animals were arranged in a circle with their hands touching. Uh, He went downstairs and told his wife and his sister-in-law about this kind of strange occurrence. And the three of them went upstairs to look at the arranged bears on the floor, uh, not knowing who had placed these stuffed animals on the floor. After the teddy bears were picked up and returned to their places, they turned off the lights and left the room. 
though when going downstairs, Karen had noticed that the light in the nursery had turned itself back on. Now, Tony, Deborah, and Karen went to investigate back up the stairs and saw that now just one teddy bear was on the floor, exactly in the spot where the others had been. Okay, now this story I have heard. This story mm. I vividly remember from the show I watched with them on it. So, so yeah, this is a creepy, this is a creepy event right there. Definitely. You got to be worried about maybe teenagers who are into Wiccan at this point. <laughs> so I would have I said something like Dick Cheney broke in their house and decided to play with their teddy bears or something. He Unplugged seems like, all their microwaves. <laughs> he seems like a guy who would have a lot of stuffed animals. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. He's some like stern old man, but he's got like a creepy doll fetish. Yeah. I can see that. Without yeah. a doubt. Without Definitely. A doubt. He's got that Lindsey Graham thing going on where he's just a a fucking weirdo in real life. Now, believing that someone was in the house, possibly playing a prank on them, they searched for an intruder in every room of the home. However, they wouldn't find anyone. Uh, Eventually, they would put the stuffed bear back in its place on the chair in the nursery and just kind of return downstairs and wait, just waiting for whatever happened next. Uh, After about an hour, hour and a half, Deborah goes back upstairs to use the bathroom and finds that the same bear was again on the floor in that exact same spot. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I remember this is very man. I'd be scared shitless if I'm being if I'm being real. Yeah, I mean the first you know that first thing it could have been somebody who just broke into your house you know, but now you got to think if it isn't you know I mean of course we're talking about a ghost story. But really, you're thinking, is someone in this fucking house? Because it is a large house. Yeah. Uh, those old houses have lots of places to hide. Lots of crawl spaces. So. Well, we, okay, we can rule out Dick Cheney because his big ass ain't hiding nowhere. Yeah. And he's got all those conditions. So. You'd hear his heart beating from any location in the house. <laughs> Struggling the el- to beat. The sorry. electronic sounds of his yeah. big heart beating. Yeah. It sounds like the movie Alien. And his Darth Vader, like voice intake (laughs) or for breath intake. Now, after Deborah finds the teddy bear on the floor again, all three of them are terrified. This actually causes Tony to call up his brother, Larry. Uh, He was kind of just hoping that Larry might be able to figure out what was going on in the home. Uh, Larry comes over and when he stops by, everything is now settled down. Uh, Nothing's really happening while they all sit in the living room waiting for the next event. When Larry is just about to leave the home, they notice that a different teddy bear, one that had been kept on the first floor, had turned itself around and was now facing the wall. Now, the last time that anyone in the house had seen that bear, it was facing the other way. And they all believed that it must have turned itself around while they had gone upstairs to check out the nursery. Okay. See, I I thought maybe the ghosts were afraid of Larry, but they're just trolling him. Yeah, possibly. I mean, maybe because a new man is coming by. I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier how it's possible these ghosts don't like strange men in their home. So possibly having a second dude come around, they, you know, calm down a little bit. Okay. All right. Yeah. Very possible. No. Now, after Tony had told his mother about the strange occurrences in the home, his mother remembered that she had had a friend that had once lived in that same home. And when his mother asked her friend 
if she had remembered anything strange about the home, his mother claims that her friend had remembered a strange smell in the house and that toys always seemed to be kind of just become scattered around the house. She would go and scold her children about the mess, though they would claim that it was a girl named Sally that had made the mess, though they had always really just believed that Sally was one of their child's imaginary friends. Okay, here's a curious thing. Shouldn't the mom have said something a long time ago? Like when they first got there? Like, hey, my friend used to live here? Well, yeah, I mean, it's... Also, supposedly the house had been known to be kind of haunted. So you think that maybe the family, though the thing is, Larry's family, or sorry, well, it is Larry's family also. Tony comes from a very large, very conservative Catholic family. It's kind of why he's apprehensive about like having his picture shown and not wanting to show his face. So he's he's very conservative. They kind of make a big deal out of it on all of the stories about how Catholic he is and how conservative his large family is. Gotcha. So, He's so Catholic, he doesn't believe in condoms. Basically, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's probably where the kid came from, you know. <laughs> first time, <laughs> first time he fired it down the lane and hit the goal. First time we had sex, she got pregnant. All right. <laughs> okay, it makes sense then. Yeah. Now, before leaving, Tony's brother Larry tells them that he is going to put them in touch with a psychic who is a sister of one of his acquaintances. Though the psychic does live all the way in California and only can contact them over the telephone. Now, after the psychic, who's named Barbara Connor, contacts Tony and Deborah, she is able to sense all the way in California that there is a spirit inside the house. The spirit is of a little girl by the name of Sally. Sally is between the ages of 5 and 13. She also tells them that Sally really likes them, and she likes the new baby very much. Also, Sally doesn't really intend on hurting anyone in the family. She kind of really highlighted that point. She tells the family that in order to deal with Sally, they need to communicate with her and lay down some ground rules, just as if she was a regular living child. Okay, so you're saying basically the long-lost member of the Connors family uh, (laughs) here could sense all of this from all the way from California. And did she give yes. the, she gave the name Sally and all of that and yeah. she nailed everything. Yeah, supposedly this psychic Deborah Connor named, you know, name dropped Sally and even gave like a approximate age for Sally. So it would turn out uh, eventually they would find that Sally through communicating with a pad of paper and a crayon uh, that she was 7 years old. Okay. All right. All right. I feel like I kind of remember that, too, from watching the episodes or whatever. Um, okay, okay. Now, yeah. I guess it'd make the perfect sense how you'd want to communicate with a ghost child is crayons, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to put it up on the Instagram post, but there's also a picture that apparently Deborah took of a crayon that's kind of like suspended in midair with the pointy end like on the piece of paper. So it's huh. one of those photos that uh, looks really interesting. I don't know if it's fake or not. It's one of those deals where it's kind of like you decide situation. Gotcha. So, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I look forward to seeing it. Now, Deborah 
would actually take to communicating and fostering a, a relationship with Sally on with a passion, uh, feeling excited about the prospect of having a ghost in the house. She was always kind of really big into paranormal as a child. Like I mentioned before, Tony from that conservative Catholic family, the exact opposite. Though Deborah, believing that it couldn't be just a coincidence that both Tony's mother's friend and the psychic came up with the name Sally. She thought that was very interesting. Tony, like I just said, is much less of a believer than Deborah. He actually doesn't take the idea of a spirit living in their home well at all. Also, the spirit of Sally begins to act much differently to Tony than it does to Deborah. And this pretty much starts right away. I mean, he is putting out the feeling that he doesn't want Sally there. So, I mean, I'm sure that doesn't help. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just like with a, with a, a pet or a child, you know, they can tell if you don't want them there. They can tell yeah. if you don't, you know, you don't like them like right. a, like a cat. It can, exactly. If it, if it know if a cat knows that you don't like it, it's jumping right on your lap and fucking, <laughs> like you said, making biscuits right on your lap. Yeah. Acting all cute. Oh, yeah. You know, it knows you hate it. So, yeah, it, despite the little shits. Yeah. Demon fucking animals. So sometime after talking with Barbara, Tony calls another one of his brothers. Like I mentioned, he's from a large family. He has him come over to the house, uh, really just to kind of visit, tell him what's going on, and to get his take on the situation. Now, after telling his brother George about the teddy bear situation and all of the strange occurrences that the couple has been experiencing in the house, Tony shows George that teddy bear downstairs that had turned itself around for him and his brother Larry. Now, jokingly, Tony would actually pick up his camera and say, say cheese. And just as he snapped the camera, he sees that that same stuffed teddy bear turned itself around in front of him. Okay, that's a, that's a little freaky. Yes, definitely. So Tony, who obviously freaked out about this, heads back upstairs away from the room as quickly as he can. Though his brother George, who wanted to follow him, found himself frozen in place, unable to move at all as if he was paralyzed, claiming that he had felt a cold rush running through him. Uh, this was until he was finally able to move again and ran upstairs right behind his brother Tony. Now, after Tony told Deborah what had happened, they decided that they needed to just kind of like get out of the house as quickly as possible. Now, when Tony was buckling the baby into his car seat, Tony would actually feel scratches on his back, though he was in such an adrenaline rush, he wouldn't realize it till later on. That was until he kind of felt the stinging of the scratches and showed his back to his wife, Deborah. Deborah would say that he had had three long scratches on his back. This would be the first time that one of the spirits in the house had attacked Tony. Okay, so she's probably attacking him because she's mad that they're leaving. Um, I would assume um, that kind of what I'm gathering from this. George obviously shit his pants and he couldn't move. He's scared. And then Tony yep. and Deborah are like, we got to get out of this fucking house. Sally doesn't want him to leave, so she scratches him. Really, we are kind of lucky that Deborah took a lot of pictures. Uh, so one of the famous pictures is this original scratch down his back. And it's it's one of the first, like Google image, it's one of the first kind of pictures that you see when you 
Google any of these, like the Sally House or his name, anything like that, you do see the picture of the scratches down his back. Okay. So, All right. And I'm sure you're going to put them on the Instagram, obviously. Yeah. I'll put as many as I you know think is relevant up on the Instagram because there is a lot of pictures. There's a wealth, actually. It's kind of nice that this happened during the 90s. When kind of everyone had a camera, cameras, like disposable yeah. cameras, like decent cameras. Right. So kind of lucked out in that situation. Now, after the initial attack on Tony, Deborah once again contacted the psychic Barbara Connors again, really just asking for any possible answers that she might give. Really right now, she's worried for the safety of her family. This causes Barbara to get on a plane just a few days later and make the trip out to Kansas which must have been terrible coming from California. (laughs) Now, after her arrival, she confirms that Sally likes the family and actually kind of really just wants to be a member of their home. Though she does come to realize upon visiting that Sally does not like men. And this is due to possible trauma that Sally may have suffered while she was living. She claims that she wasn't violent, but... Tony really kind of just excited her when he ran away. And Barbara once again tells Deborah and Tony that Sally just needs some kind of attention, just some, you know, some firm guidance, like a child. Just going to say, Sally kind of acting like a house cat right now. A little bit. You made a a sudden movement and she scratched you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she got too excited and scratched you. You know, sometimes cats get overstimulated, then they think okay, it's attack time when you're petting them, and then it's a whole bit, you know, it's a whole thing. So I, I don't know. Here, The interesting thing is, like, it's always the three scratches, too, with um, the ghosts and stuff. Like, if Sally was a seven-year-old girl, why does she only have three fingers? Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny because they always say, like, oh, that looks like uh, like a child scratched um scratched you but it's always very wide it's three scratches that are very wide mm-hmm. like every time you see any of the evidence of the scratches they look more like an adult's hand right. but it's it's one of those things where it's like well if it's a demon you know maybe it only has three fingers sort of situation yeah so. they always say it's the mockery of the cross or something the trinity the trinity that's right the trinity yeah so though deborah fully accepted and attempted to communicate with the entity, even buying Sally gifts and weaving out toys for her to play with. It was actually Tony who had first seen the spirits. Now this was in, in one story I saw it was on Halloween morning. Uh, This was while he was coming out of the kitchen with a glass of orange juice. He would actually come face to face with Sally. And this really just scared the hell out of him, causing him to drop his glass of orange juice Now, once the glass fell on the floor, the image of Sally in front of him disappeared completely. Now, Tony is a bit of an artist, and he actually drew Sally after the sighting. And that picture is right below. Okay. All right. I mean, I I feel like it doesn't really look like a... I don't know children that well, but it seems like a little younger than seven. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought, too, when I first saw it. It looks more like a three or four year old. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if it was real, very cute uh, little uh, girl there, I guess. Poofy cheeks. Got the rosy red cheeks. Got the cute little bow in the head. Looks like yep. an old timey dress. You know, Yep, gigantic eyes. Gigantic eyes. Yep. Kind of, 
I mean, kind of like a cabbage pad doll, cabbage patch doll, if I'm being honest. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Well, it's kind of funny. Every time I've ever seen a cabbage patch kid, they're always really old and usually at the bottom of a, a basement that has a water leak problem. <laughs> so when you when you said that, I just imagined like like a crime scene cabbage patch kid. Yeah. Basically. But yeah. <laughs> So to describe again for the for the people who can't see this picture, Sally in this picture that Tony drew uh, is wearing a puffy white dress. She's wearing brown. She has brown hair that's pulled up into a white bow. She has puffy red cheeks like Cody mentioned and very large eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, while attempting to communicate with the ghost, Deborah had bought a doll for Sally and wrapped it up as a present placing it in the corner of the nursery. Eventually, Deborah would find the doll in the baby's crib in the nursery room, though the present was still fully wrapped and appeared to have not even been touched yet. Also, like I mentioned before, she had actually used a crayon and a pad of paper and asked Sally to tell her how old she was, and this is when she would get the reply, seven. Okay, okay, so the, okay, so this is validation from the... What the psychic said, right? Didn't psychic say she was seven? Well, no, the psychic said that she was between five and 13. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's okay. I gotcha. That is a wide gap, but uh, okay. Yeah. It's it's Deborah who is the one who got the age. So. I mean, good on you, Sally, for not opening your presents early. That's uh, that's good oh. on you. Yeah, she... She didn't open the presents at all, but the doll was outside of the gift, which was kind of, you know... Well, I mean, Deborah actually says that she was kind of felt like a proud mother of like, look what, like, look what Sally could do. Yeah. She she took the doll out of the present without unwrapping it. So. Well, I'll tell you what, Sally behaves better than Josh. My cousin Josh ever did. <laughs> Even now at his age, yeah. he would still rip the he present. He still opens but... his presents early because he wants them before <laughs> Christmas. I can imagine that knowing. Yeah. yeah. I've known Josh ever since. Yeah, He's a little we kid. Kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely during Fourth of July and fireworks. Yeah, he was all entertained all <laughs> night. I'm surprised he has all of his fingers. But yeah, me too. Yeah, everyone is. So Deborah and Tony would continue to have experiences with the ghost Sally in their home, feeling cold spots forming around them while inside the house. Uh, with Deborah believing that it was a Sally's attempt to bond with her, really just to kind of like cuddle up with her, though Tony would have very different experiences with Sally altogether, beginning to feel like he was being bitten on his toes. Uh, he was also starting to hear voices inside of the walls. Also, scratches were now forming on his body at a more like regular interval. This was actually usually after feeling that same cold sensation running through him. So if he had a cold sensation running through his arm, he would start to develop scratches on that arm. This is a bit of a like warning, I guess, that it was coming. Yeah, he kind of did mention during his interviews that he felt like whenever he upset or excited Sally or did something that she didn't approve of, that's when she would lash out at him. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah, which is kind of the explanation for being attacked 11 times while the camera crew was there. Uh, kind of the deal where... Uh, they felt like it was exciting for her to have all of these people at the house. And everyone was like talking to her, you know, trying to communicate with her. I, so. I figured you were going to say she was pissed. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, pissed, excited, you know, right. Who, right. Kind of maybe kind of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what the psychic says. Ah. Like, oh, like Barbara Connor just kind of says, oh, she's excited. She's really excited. It's a it's a it's a larger, older woman, you know, kind of what you'd expect with a psychic that comes to someone's house for a ghost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That absolutely. situation. Kind of the trope, actually. The larger white woman, witch doctor, <laughs> psychic woman. <laughs> Now, for a time, Deborah and Tony believed that there was only one spirit inside of their home, and that was of the little girl, Sally. However, Tony would later see a woman walking through the hallway. He thought that it was that of his wife. He followed the woman into the room that she had entered. However, there wasn't anyone in there. When he did find his wife, she had actually claimed that she hadn't left the room that she was in whatsoever. Also, I should say the spirit of the older woman that Tony saw was dressed up in kind of like old timey Victorian clothes. Apparently, he mentioned that his wife, Deborah, really wasn't dressed at all. So it couldn't have been Deborah. Gotcha. Okay. So more than likely being that Tony's such a stop, you know, a staunch Catholic. At this point, he's like, maybe Deborah's going to want to have sex with me for the second time ever. (laughs) Um, and to his chagrin, there's nobody in there. Yeah. I don't think he's Amish or Mormon. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, the Catholics only do to procreate. That is true, but they do it to procreate every single day. Ah, okay. Good call. Good call. Yeah. The minute that baby comes out there, trying again. (laughs) Now, Tony would also have a vivid dream while sleeping. Uh, he'd had during this dream, the feeling of being pulled out of bed only to wake up the next morning with bloody blisters and bruising in the shape of a child's hand around his wrist. Now, another dream that Tony had had was that of an image of a woman in Victorian dress. Uh, This time, the woman had dark hair piled on top of her head. The woman would actually form right in front of him and begin making threats towards him. He would jump off the bed and scramble towards the door unable to open it. Uh, This is the exact moment when he woke up back on the bed. Now, he also sketched that woman that he saw in his dreams. Okay. Um, She doesn't really look like an old woman, I wouldn't say. An older woman. Oh, I'm just trying to... It's older than Sally. Okay, all right. A a person older than Sally. So this kind of... I mean... We're talking about someone's dream. We're also possibly talking about somebody who's super stressed out. Not only do you have like a young baby, your first baby in your home, but you also are being attacked, possibly thinking that your home is haunted. So it's not weird to have like a dream like this, you know, some kind of crazy dream. Well, the lady's uh, very pretty, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty good artist. He, he draws really well. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure. Like he claimed that this like Victorian dress, I guess that's not a dress, but maybe he means like dress as in clothes. I mean, I would, if I saw this, I would, this is the first thing I've come to my mind. Um, it's Victorian era clothing. Okay. Yeah. But uh, she kind of looks like the chick from fight club. She's Tim Burton's wife. Oh, um, God, I know she's, is she Tim Burton's wife or is she, or is she, uh, 
what's that guy's name? Uh, Sasha Barra Cohen. No, that's Tim Burton's wife. Oh, okay. I thought she was married to him. No. I think uh, that Ginger from... Uh, let's see if we were talking... Is she the is she the witch in Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her name is... Uh, it's going to kill me now, but whatever. Yeah. She does kind of look a little bit like her, like a younger version of her. Okay. I'll tell you what. You keep going. I'll find it. Okay. Wanting to help and to find answers about what was going on, Deborah and Tony reluctantly accepted help from a popular television show that I previously mentioned, the show Sightings. And they would find some answers, but also a hefty dose of ridicule from friends and neighbors around town, which is exactly what they didn't want. Okay, by the way, Helen Helena Bottom Carter... Uh, Elena Botham Carter. Yep, that sounds right. Yeah, it looks like they're divorced. Sorry, guys. But back to the Sally house. (laughs) That's our little uh, Tim Burton uh, moment here. Little aside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so you're saying Tony reached out to get sightings to come to his house. No. Okay, so they it was it was the psychic Barbara who had mentioned it. Basically, it was at a convention that the people from Sightings were at. And it was Barbara who told the TV show about this family in Kansas. Gotcha. Okay. And that got their interest. And then that got the ball rolling. And then obviously, they probably had like literally the craziest episode of fucking Sightings they've ever had. Yeah, this is one of the most popular episode or episode series that the show Sightings has ever had. Definitely. They do mention that. Okay. All right. Now, after the end of filming, Tony would be attacked more and more. Also, he would begin to hear voices that were commanding him to do awful things. Even, in one instance, killing a stray cat that had wandered into the house. Actually, with a butcher knife. The cat, the cat, yeah. So the cat was basically on the kitchen table drinking out of his cereal bowl. Now, not realizing what he had done until he went back into the kitchen and seen the grisly sight, uh, which came from his own hands, he had decided that maybe it was time for his family to leave the home and also Sally in the rearview mirror. This was because obviously he's got to be worried about his wife and child who might be next to suffer at his hands, though he would actually be attacked one final time. This time being pushed into the second floor banister, nearly thrown down the staircase. Luckily, though, he would walk away with only a few bruised and broken ribs. Okay, let me see if I heard you right. He killed a cat with a butcher knife and then said it was from the ghost. Well, basically, what, how, kind of how they explain it is, he walked into the kitchen, saw that a stray cat had wandered into the home and was drinking out milk out of a cereal bowl. He had picked up a butcher knife, killed it, then walked into the living room and just kind of sat down and just hung out, kind of didn't even think about it. And he kind of snapped out of the trance when he walked back into the kitchen and saw the bloody cat just kind of dead, dead there in the kitchen. Huh. Interesting. I mean, I'm going to just throw this out there. They didn't mention that on the Paranormal Witness I watched. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I saw this in a few different, um, a few different, uh, 
like stories on there. Gotcha. So I'm pretty sure it really happened. It's one of those things though, where uh, I, I, I think it's in the book. And mm, mm. so if, if the paranormal witness had been created before the book came out, then maybe they didn't have that on there. Well, I, I what I mean, I guess more is I feel like they wouldn't put that in the episode because it would really make it sound like he just killed a cat. Yeah. Uh, he claims to have blacked out when that ah, happened. Okay. So, well, yeah. You can do that in a sheer rage as well. Yeah, definitely. It was after Deborah had heard all of this stuff and heard about Tony being pushed into the banister that she would begin to come to her senses and accept the fact that maybe the spirit or spirits inside of the house weren't so sweet and loving as she had previously thought and realized now that they needed to leave the home immediately. Now, after all of the attacks, aberrations, and fires, the Pickmans finally moved out in 1994. Uh, they would actually go on, like I just mentioned, to write a book about their experience later claiming that it may have been a demon hiding behind the facade of the young spirit of Sally that was actually attacking Tony and calling him to do awful things. Also, it may have been causing Deborah to become indifferent to her husband's suffering, really. Okay, all right. So you mean like she she thinks the ghost made her not care about what was happening to Tony? Yeah, she thinks that if the, it possibly was a demon, that it was the demon that was clouding her mind, like kind of using the using the spirit of Sally as a like a hypnotizing tool kind of deal, kind of clouding her mind against like reality. OK, all right. So so basically the demon was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's exactly right. her words. OK, the demons, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The real bad guy of that story. Yeah, obviously. Now, I mean, there are, it's kind of hard because the story that they use to explain who the little girl is comes from the town's legend. The psychic that had come to the show had actually went to a local cemetery and found a Sally. The only problem was the Sally that he found had actually died when she was in her 30s. So it probably wasn't the, the little girl Sally. Okay. Now... The story goes that there was a doctor and his family that were living in the house at the turn of the 20th century. Basically, the family lived upstairs, and the doctor had his practice in the large downstairs. Now, a little girl and her mother came to the home when the little girl was had abdominal pain. The doctor quickly figured out that she was having an appendicitis. However, either there wasn't enough time to anesthetize the little girl, or possibly the doctor screwed up and didn't give her enough of the anesthesia to knock her out. Apparently, according to legend, the little girl, Sally, woke up during her surgery. And because Ooh. the doctor was all alone, he just had to continue with the surgery, and it was the shock that killed Sally. On the operating table. Oh, shit. That's, uh, yeah, that would, uh, I think that would get anybody. Yeah, and apparently it was the the shock of waking up during a surgery and seeing this man continue to harm her, continue to cut into her. That is supposedly why she hates adult men. And that's the story about, like, 
who Sally might be and why she hates men. There's also another story that I found. It was on a TV show, uh, though this is the only place that I actually found this, but I thought I might as well kind of say it. So there's also another story that the doctor that was living in the house had an African-American servant working inside of his home. He had actually had an affair with her and they had had a child together. Now, this little girl was having abdominal pain, though he didn't want to take her to the hospital because he was worried about being found out and the little girl died. Also, the mother was so angry with the father that he didn't allow her to take the little girl to the hospital. They ended up getting in a fight and the dad killed her also. So that could be Sally and then the older Victorian woman would be the yes. mom. Could And it is um, the mother is or the the older woman is nicknamed Mama. That's the the nickname for the ghost. Okay. So. All right. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I mean, those are some good theories, I suppose. Uh, both scenarios: a young girl dies tragically. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, the first one is the the more pop, the very much more popular, kind of almost the accepted thought of where this little girl ghost comes from. So the other one, like I mentioned, I just kind of read it that it was on a TV show. They used to they use this story to explain who Sally was. Gotcha. Okay. I feel like I've heard. I feel like I have heard that first one before. Yeah. Ever. I mean, if you've heard this story, you've heard the first one. Um, the second one's not very popular. It didn't. Okay. I didn't catch very well. So. All right. Now today, the house is open for tours and also for paranormal investigators and for psychics. Uh, and it is actually at the center of the Haunted Atkinson Tours. Sounds like a good, uh, sounds like a fun Sunday there. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's interesting how they do it. So you know, like I mentioned how Roswell kind of became like the UFO hotspot. This town really only does their, like their tours of their haunted locations and all that. They only really do it during the fall. So their town doesn't become, you know, it's not a year round hotspot for crazy folk just to, you know, run amok in their town. They kind of really, they really only allow people to come to do these investigations. They only open up these, these locations during a certain few months of the year. It's actually starting up really soon. It starts in September, but I didn't read anything about how COVID's going to affect that. So I don't gotcha. know if they've decided anything yet. So. Well, um, I guess it makes sense. You know, you're getting into Halloween season. People want to yep. do that stuff for Halloween. You know, I, I guess that kind of tracks with why the town would come alive during that those uh, that time period of the year. Definitely. All the Wiccan girls are starting to, you know, turn up, kind of get more lively. <laughs> Money's just going to be falling from the sky pretty soon. Sam, Crystals everywhere. Sam, Sam Haynes coming and they're ready Definitely. to party. <laughs> so uh, these are some of my little like theories that I have. Just these are easy ones. Um, the first one, obviously, this family is just kind of, you know, they're in it for the money. They're in it for the fame. Kind of might be bullshit. I mean, you watch what you just like we said, it seems to be an adult's hand doing all of this. You watch the interview. And of course, when he gets scratched, he's off camera. But then when the cameras come back on, he's scratched on the inside 
of his left forearm. And that's obviously like your right hand is right there. You know, also when he is scratched on his abdomen, he's not facing the camera. He's kind of facing tilted away from the camera. So you really only see his shoulder and most like his back. So he could have scratched himself and been off camera for it. Um, There's, I mean, some of the other weird stuff, there's a lot of people who have done paranormal investigations and gotten a lot of like the, the EVPs and all of that. They have picked up a lot of strange voices, strange things, cold spots in the house. The only problem is it's a really, really old house. The house is 150 years old this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a little creaky. Old houses are creaky and creepy as fuck. Yeah. As I mean, if you, you know, in the Midwest, we have a lot of them that are from this era. And if you go in one of them, you know. Cause it's creepy as fuck. Just, yeah. I mean, just the, just the way it looks inside, just the layout makes you feel creeped out because it's in all the horror movies. That's what the houses look like, you know? Yeah. Uh, obviously we know what they look like because Iowa seems to be filled to the brim with derelict abandoned houses everywhere. Okay. Now well, I wanted to ask you real quick. So in the sightings episode, the scratches, you don't actually just like, watch them manifest on his body they're always like oh look i have a scratch like he's turning and then showing it well yeah so i mean the scratches are kind of like the blood is starting to gush out of the scratches but the scratches kind of look like they're forming on his skin the thing is he could have scratched his arm quick and then the you know the blood could have come out i'm just kind of giving my theory on this i have a few of them okay but this is just kind of my instant this is all bullshit theory so it's kind of what i saw and what i thought immediately though i mean it would have been really hard to fake a lot of this stuff yeah yeah okay okay I, i follow what you're saying yeah unless you were a pro especially a lot of the photographic evidence there's a lot of good photographic evidence for this case and unless you're a pro, it would have been hard to fake a lot of those. Yeah. So. Yeah, very true. Definitely. So, I mean, theory number two, the house is actually haunted by two, possibly three or more or more ghosts. And this just happens to be the most active ghost inside of the house is Sally because she's maybe the most curious ghost. But I mean, There are claims that they've picked up EVPs from as many as, I think it's 17 different, you know, uh, spirits, or they heard 17 different voices coming from inside of this house. So they think that it might be just a plethora of ghosts living in this house. And also Atkinson is kind of known now for being haunted. So the idea that maybe this is some kind of, you know, uh, maybe like a hot, like a hot spot, kind of like, uh, what are those, the, the lines, how they all, you know, line up. Maybe this is part of that stuff, <laughs> like for the spiritual world. Yeah. Just like, just like in the show supernatural, which right. I take all of my, my Wiccan shit from. Yeah, you should. My last theory, uh, one of your favorite movies, the shining. Yeah. So possibly there is, I've, I, I've been thinking, you've probably been thinking this the whole time. So if there is a dark force in this house, possibly it is holding these spirits hostage. And just like Jack Nicholas in the movie, The Shining, it may have caused Tony to have these evil thoughts. And if he would have actually, you know, went through with these evil thoughts, if he would have jumped in, you know, fucking dick first, just like Jack Nicholas did in The Shining, possibly 
he could even be, you know, part of like one of the spirits inside the house along with his baby and his wife. So it's kind of one of those deals where this house might just drive people crazy and then envelop them. There is actually people who say that after you visit this house, you kind of have a calling to come back to this house with Tony even saying that basically he lives about 10 blocks away during the time when he was interviewed. He said that he woke up once in front of the home during a snowstorm and he had slept walked all the way to that house. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. uh that's eerie. If that's true, that's really eerie. Yeah. I mean, it could be one of those things there. There were people on some of the, comment sections on the videos who said that it might not be Deborah who's actually the one who's really communicating with the ghost a lot. It might actually be Tony who has kind of like the sixth sense yeah. for the ghosts. Oh that he might be he might be the conduit. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean yeah, yeah, very possible. Well Phil, what do you what is your uh what does your heart tell you? I mean I Anything that involving the shining would be fucking awesome. It's scary as hell if it's real, <laughs> but I mean, maybe this just like with the hotel, uh, maybe this is kind of like a conduit, like a like a prison for all of these, you know, wayward souls. That's kind of cool. I mean, in my heart of hearts, of course, skeptical mind. I gotta think it's bullshit. Uh, they were just in it for the fame. They've done, you know, they've done a lot of interviews. My only problem with that is really. In my mind, I would really hate all of that, you know, notoriety, all of that fame coming from this. But I mean, they did kind of turn this town, like I said, into like a paranormal hotspot. This town really did kind of form up behind them. So, yeah, I suppose that's right. Um, Yeah, I guess I would kind of agree with you. I think, you know, sometimes you get to a place where you just like, a location you hear way too many stories from way too many different people and yep. it's just like there has to be something going on there i'm not necessarily saying it's the worst haunting in america it might be i don't know it might just be the most active it might be some connection that the ghost has particularly with tony and deborah you know i i don't really know but i i'm sure Based on the sheer amount of people who know about this place and want to investigate this place, there's evidence of something. Uh, there's a, there's an overwhelming amount of it. Wouldn't you, like you said, there's a lot of EVPs, pictures, things like that, right? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you just search this and then go through, like, look at the video. On the Google search, you click the video tab, and there are tons of paranormal investigators who have videos taken from inside this home. So it was definitely smart for uh, basically after this family moved out, a couple more families tried to move in. They really didn't last very long at all. Uh, One of them that I read about saw Sally and he moved out after a week. So basically the owner gave it over to the Chamber of Commerce. And that's where kind of like the haunted tour, the, you know, the fact that you can stay overnight is because the city owns the building. The house now. Okay. Yep. I mean, I I definitely think something's going on here. What that something is, we don't we don't really know. Is it uh, the leftover, I guess, energy of a pure person that we call a ghost? Could be. Could it be something? Yeah. I don't know. Interdimensional. I don't know. Something like that. I, who the fuck knows what a spirit or a ghost is, honestly? But we know there's something weird going on here. I think that anyway. 
One thing that I worry about too is do a lot of people visiting this home feel like it's haunted or maybe experience these hauntings or what they think is hauntings because they expect it? Yeah. Like, does their brain play tricks on itself? There are like places that are considered haunted houses where you can, you know, or you can go into a house that's not haunted at all, but you can tell someone for long enough, it's haunted, it's haunted. And then guess what happens? That person walks in that house and immediately they say it feels like it's haunted in here because their right. brain's telling them it's haunted. So right. has enough people been told that this place is haunted, you know, you probably, for that ball to roll down the hill? Especially this house, it's almost impossible to get a non-biased opinion simply due to the fact of how popular it is. And the people who are going there are going there for a direct purpose. But oh, uh, yeah, but yeah, like I said, too much shit's happened for for something not to be there. I don't know if it's a little girl and a woman or whatever the hell. I don't know any of that. But something odd is going there, and I don't think anybody truly has the answer for that. But uh, we've been going oh. for. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to mention one more thing. This town would be really awesome to visit. They have a ton of uh, haunted locations, not just this house. They also have, there are a lot of other uh, buildings, houses in this town that also have their own individual hauntings. There's also parks that have their hauntings too. Also, we've mentioned this town in a previous episode because this is this this is the town that Amelia Earhart was born in. So they have ah. plenty of Amelia Earhart, like museums. They actually have a hangar with a, a real Lockheed Electra 10E aircraft in it. So this would be a really cool town to visit if you're kind of like in the Kansas, Missouri, like Southern Iowa area. Hell yeah. yeah. I would uh, I'd definitely check out the Amelia Earhart, Earhart shit. That sounds awesome. But anyway, uh, with that out of the way, Phil, we need to ask our compatriots if they have an opinion or if you've been to the Zal- uh, Sally House, please email us or reach out to us on our social media. And where can they do that, Phil? They can hit us up on our email at subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from everybody. Uh, it's been great response over the past couple months. Downloads, you know, emails, everything's really heated up. So thanks for that. Also, you can catch us on Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, you know, been hearing from a lot of people, try to get in touch with everybody, you know, answering questions, you know, tell people telling us what they like, what they don't like about the show. It's all good. Uh, Cody and I both have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is sdpodphil. Cody, you got one? Yeah. Follow my personal Instagram at Cody's above. Um, yeah. Post memes on there. I have been on the TikTok a little bit more. So oh, God. you can follow Cody's above on there if you'd like as well, all right, guys. Uh, last thing we need you guys to do is to log into iTunes, leave a show five star review. Doesn't matter what you say, um, just write whatever the hell you want. This goes for living and non living entities, by the way. Uh, the other thing is, if you are a Spotify listener, just hit that follow button. It is allegedly like a iTunes reviews, and it's real simple. You don't really have to do anything at all. All right, well, Phil, excellent episode, excellent. We're getting into the fall season ourselves, so I expect more weird, creepier episodes in the near future. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. 